It's time to line them up. Opening lines, line moves, and how money is moving the sports betting market. Line them up with Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. Get ready to place your bets. Welcome back. It is time to line them up on BetQL Daily and the BetQL Network. Every day we look around Major League Baseball, give thoughts on all the games, the lines, the props. And, uh, Joe, last night some good games. Last night we hit the over in the uh, the Phillies, the Reds over. I thought the Phillies-Reds would go over some, some over last night. Also some good pitching last night. And we saw the Giants and Dodgers start a big series out west. Joe, we can start there and kind of work our way back. A late game tonight. But, man, the pitching matchup in Los Angeles tonight to, to wrap up that two-game series between the Dodgers and Giants is a great one. You don't usually see many over-unders for a game under, you know, over under seven and a half. But that's what the number is in Los Angeles tonight. It is Kevin Gosman and Walker Bueller. And the Giants, after losing last night, you can get them at plus 133. It's tough to go against Gosman right now at plus 133. The Giants... I think they may have lost three games in a row all season once. I that's that one jumped out at me tonight. Yeah, superb matchup here. Seven and a half. I'm I'm considering the under. We had some scoring early in uh, last night's game, yep. and then not much else moving forward. I mean, Gossman one four nine ERA, a two three nine FIP, and then Bueller is Bueller with his two five one ERA on the season, and he's pitched well against San Francisco. They are hitting below two hundred. Against Bueller, um, are are you thinking about the Giants here? I don't not not one of the games that really stood out to me that I have a strong angle. If anything, I would play the under. Yeah, I'm thinking about the Giants. A couple of reasons: one, they haven't lost three in a row since I think the Dodgers actually beat them three in a row last month. Uh, Gosman's been incredible. And the other thing is, if you watch last night and look at the box score, the Dodgers used their best relievers. Dave Roberts is always pretty pragmatic during the season. I know these games matter. Dave Roberts is not going to overwork. Blake trying and he's not going to overwork Kenley Jansen to beat the Giants in June. And last mm. night, the Dodgers used their guys. The Giants really, they kept it close despite not using any of their leverage guys. Rodgers didn't pitch. McGee didn't pitch. So their bullpen tonight is ready to go behind Gosman. I do like the Giants' money line tonight, Joe. And uh, another game with big implications. We saw the series start last night. The Cubs and the Brewers. Joe, are, are the Brewers starting to pull away a little bit here in the NL Central? Last night, close game. We saw a good pitching matchup, and then all of a sudden in the eighth inning, the Brewers exploded for 10 runs on a Cubs bullpen that until a few days ago was one of the best in baseball. Now they're giving up runs left and right. Ah, Real, everyone in the city uh, that observes the Cubs is saying, okay, it's happening. It's slipping away. This is what we were expecting early on in the season. We just we have a larger sample size this year. So last year they end up winning the division with a with a surprise shockingly terrific record and now we're outside of that 60 game sample this season and uh look at what's happening man this matchup today brandon woodruff owns this team owns them and it's not just numbers pitching well against the cubs and i'll go into that but their best hitters do nothing against this guy. Woodruff against the Cubs has a 33% strikeout rate. They hit 144. He's got a 229 FIP, right? Um, but look at their their top hitters. Baez, one for 16 against Woodruff. Uh, Chris Bryant, two for 20. Rizzo, three for 20. Contreras, one for 10. There, there is no way that I'm betting on the Cubs. It looks enticing plus 183, but in this specific matchup against Woodruff, and uh, in Davies, by the way, his underlying metrics, not that good, a 4-3-1 ERA, and uh, the XFIP is a, a full run higher. So I, I 
not a dog that I would jump on. Would you touch Woodruff at over eight and a half strikeouts? It's a big number. Whew. That's tough. That's where we at where we were with Peralta last night. He had eight, yes. correct? Yeah. yeah. Seven and a half, I'd be all over this. Eight and a half is just it's a gigantic number. I mean, you got to pitch at least six innings, you would think, to get there. I mean, you mentioned the numbers, 33% strikeout rate. That's big. Um, I love the Brewers tonight, but that money, I mean, you're giving up a lot on the money line. I mean, that for a regular season game between the first and the second place team, what the Brewers are minus two twenty-four tonight. That's I mean, that's gigantic. <laughs> for an offense that has struggled right. all year. Uh, Woodruff, number one in Major League Baseball in soft contact. So that that's the other thing. It's not just the Cubs. There are a lot of teams. They just they just can't can't uh, hit this guy. So hmm. yeah, it's tough to make a case for the Cubs. I understand if you want to Woodruff. The uh, K prop you said eight and a half. Other books have it juiced at seven and a half. That's a little uh, too dice too dicey. Even though this is a Cubs lineup that does strike out. How about Davies on the other side? His is only four and a half against a Brewer. I know he doesn't have a high strikeout rate, but this Brewers lineup strikes out a ton. It does. Yeah. You know what? That's actually a pretty good one. Just all things considered, as long as he stays in the game about five innings, he should get to a, a five strikeout there. Joe, speaking of strikeouts, I, I've got Charlie Morton against the Mets circle, a good matchup in the NL East. The Braves trying, trying to, I mean, listen, they're trying to get back on your good side here. I mean, they just, they can't, get any traction it's like they win one lose one win one lose one the injury's been so bad for the braves at least charlie morton is upright and how about this one i feel like there's value here charlie morton the k prop is six and a half he has faced the oh mets twice this season you know how many strikeouts he has against the mets in 13 innings i know what he did last week he has 19 <laughs> strikeouts in 13 innings against the mets now one caveat before yeah i, I want to make sure everyone is uh just just being smart about this one mm -hmm. Jeff McNeil is back for the Mets. He doesn't really strike out much. Michael Conforto is back for the Mets. He will strike out, but obviously he's a good hitter. You know, when Morton has faced these guys in the past, they had a ton of injuries, right? There were a ton of Mets out there that probably aren't even major leaguers or barely major leaguers, just kind of falling down the fort. Not all those guys are back, but still, that all being said, Charlie Morton over six and a half feels like the play tonight. That is the play. I have that written down as well. When I checked this morning, I didn't see it available. Not, not only the high strikeout rate against this Mets lineup. They're not hitting them either. It's mm -hmm. not like when, when they do connect that they're doing some damage last week, it was seven innings. He allowed one hit, one hit in the game. Uh, there's some Braves money coming in this morning. It's uh, gone up to minus 167 from minus 157 earlier on. Am I crazy for looking at Morton to get a win? Plus 105 over at points bet. You know, I like that. He has a 35% strikeout rate, as you mentioned, um, against the Mets as well. And they're hitting 164 against him. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how do I attack? I want to back Morton. How do I attack it? Do I go with the K prop or do I go with a Morton win? Yeah, I like the Morton win. No, the K prop, that feels like it's going to fly over. I mean, 19 strikeouts in 13 innings. Even I if you it. take, even if you say, all right, the Mets got some batters back, and, and, and maybe it's more like he would have had, I don't know, 15 or 16 in 13 innings instead of 19, whatever. It's still, you know, if he could go six innings in this game, he's going to get there. Yeah. You have six and a half, right? Six and a half. I thought it would be seven and a half or eight and a half. Yeah. I mean, look, good pitchers. I mean, the guys that are on a good run here, their props are going up. Speaking of, we got to bring your guy in the conversation, Robbie Ray, who we just talked up for potentially at 100 to 1 to win the AL Cy Young. He is facing the Mariners tonight. 
but the um, the props have have altered and changed here over the past couple of weeks. You, you could get Robbie Ray for a little while at six and a half, seven and a half. It is up to eight and a half tonight against the Seattle Mariners. Robbie Ray versus the Mariners. Would you take the eight and a half? I would not. That's not something I'm going to mess with. But I understand why it is so inflated up to eight and a half. Uh, Robbie Ray, we just went over some of his terrific numbers. Now, what's interesting is when you when you dig around through Ray's uh, peripherals, his hard hit rate is fourth highest in Major League Baseball, and his home run to fly ball rate is second highest, mm-hmm. and he still has those numbers. So you'd expect those numbers to come down a bit, and maybe that will help his uh, case for a possible uh, long shot at the AL Cy Young Award. Here's the deal with Seattle. Uh, offensively, they're near the middle of the road. Most metrics see them around 19th to 20th. They're not, you know, basement in the basement, but they are against left-handed pitching. That's the big difference. So they're a middle-of-the-road offense, but against lefties, they really stink. Uh, they're 30th in average. They're hitting 217 against lefties, 30th in on base, 27th OPS. So I'm trying to figure out how do I want to how do I want to fade Seattle. Uh, Robbie Ray to get a win is minus 115. I don't I don't want to lay money for that, but I am considering uh, the run line minus one and a half at minus 118, and I get to back this Blue Jays offense against Chris Flexen. Yeah, and this is a case if you look at the two run differentials for these teams. I mean, you you would say one team is far better than the other, yet their records aren't that much different. Seattle's played way over their head in terms of win loss. They're still. You know, they could wake up this morning and say we're in a wild card race. You look at their run differential, and they're minus 40-something. They have not been a very good team. The Jays are kind of the opposite. You know, they're over, you know, way in the plus, yet they're barely a little over 500. So I, I think tonight you're probably getting good value because it's like, man, their records aren't that much different. The Jays are a better team with a better pitcher. Um, Joe, let, let's hit this one because I, I see value here all over the place. So the Miami Marlins are taking on the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies <laughs> are a train wreck. I mean, listen – if you want to make easy money, Velasquez. Listen, if you want to make easy money, just take the Phillies, take the the Phillies opponent money line when they're losing late in the game. The Phillies have blown seven saves in the last six days. Joe, the franchise record for blown saves is twenty five. Yeah, they have blown twenty one saves. It is June twenty ninth. Last year's bullpen was historically bad. This one, although their ERA is not going to be seven. It's awful, too. And they have Velasquez out there tonight. Trevor Rogers, who's been incredible, is going for the Marlins. The Marlins always beat the Phillies. And basically, right now, you get minus 105 on the money line either way. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I was surprised to see that Rogers' numbers are still this good. He's mm-hmm. not pitching as deep in games as he was in the first month of the season, but he's got a 208 ERA, 245 FIP. He's been phenomenal. And Velasquez on the other side terrible against Miami terrible uh, what's he have a 952 OPS they're hitting 347 against him yeah I mean listen not many scream at you in a, in a regular season baseball card but when the Phillies play the Marlins they lose when the Phillies go to the bullpen they lose whenever the Phillies do anything they usually lose I mean <laughs> just just don't just get, get away from the Phillies I mean this one you go a bunch of different different directions you could go with the money line tonight with Miami, you're only giving up very a little, I mean, just a little bit, minus 105. Yeah. You can go over the eight and a half. I mean, I, I think the game will go over because I just, I, I don't think the Phillies will be able to stop the Marlins from scoring five or six runs in this game. So either way, uh, I, I like the Marlins tonight against the Phillies. Now, the Phillies are better at home. That, that's been that way for a long time, but um, not enough to justify this. Joe, last night 
we we were kind of on the idea that man the Yankees are too big of a favorite considering they're not very good they're a big favorite again minus 157 you see value on the Angels see this one makes more sense than last night you you know backing King as a heavy favorite uh Tyon has a lot of success against this Angels lineup they're only hitting 217 against him with a 1-2-0 FIP, exit velo 85, that is very, very low. So so they haven't done much against him, and we were talking at it when he had his last start about his recent struggles. Well, he turned that around. It was the Royals, but he did turn that around. He pitched into the seventh inning, allowing only one run. So in that minus 145 range, that actually makes a uh, lot more sense going up against Andrew Haney. Yeah, you know, and the Yankees – it feels like they do this every every few weeks where they'll win a couple games against bad teams and they'll wake people back up and say, oh, come the Yankees, and then they're not that good. Tonight feels like a night. They probably bounce back a little bit against yeah. a lefty that has got control issues and command issues, and they probably play a little bit better. Um, Joe, I don't usually like to do a, a you know a run line with a favorite. It feels like you know, you're giving up a lot, but you can yeah. get plus money on the ace tonight back at home, uh, plus 106 on the uh, minus 1.5 run line. Like, you know, the Rangers aren't good. Fultonevich isn't any good. I like the ace tonight to hit him around. Makes sense to me. Makes sense. Uh, Fultonevich, third highest hard hit rate in Major League Baseball. His K rate is only 16%, so the Athletics are going to have a lot of opportunities to do just that. Uh, you like Caprillion, what, what you've seen so far? He, he does have a sub-3 ERA. Some of the other numbers a little bit higher. Yeah, I do. I mean, it seems to me he's a guy that's four or five innings and they try to get him out of the game. The third time through is a problem for him. But I trust the A's bullpen. And the, and the A's just saw Fultonevich last week. He actually pitched okay in Texas. But I think it's advantage A's. Guys like Olsen and Loriano. To see him again for the second time in a few days, I like the A's tonight in that one. I know you're not going to bring this one up, but I saw the lowest K prop I've seen all season. What is on it? today's card. We've got to go to Detroit. Cleveland, Jose Arena, two and a half strikeouts. I can't even say it without laughing. In 2021? Two and a half strikeouts for Urena. He has a six uh, ERA, four seven seven FIP on the season. His strikeout rate is 13%. So this is why it's two and a half. However, I looked at his game log, and in his last seven starts, he's gone under two and a half six times. You're telling me I have to take Jose Urena under two and a half strikeouts. So I have to put this it's on the card today. So gross. It is so gross. If he gets two strikeouts an inning, you're like, oh, it's over. It's lost. I mean, this could be over by the second inning. You you could have a, a, a wager on a baseball game in the second <laughs> inning. You're like, I'm out. It's over. Yeah. Cleveland start strikeout much? Two and a half. I mean, they're not a good offense, but I mean, it's 2021. Who can't, if you can't get three strikeouts as a starting pitcher, how could you be a starting pitcher (laughs) in today's game? Man, that is, we won't see one that low all year, I wouldn't think again. Are you looking forward to later in the show when Jake Hassan screams, Blake Snell stinks? I can't wait. It's Blake Snell day. It's why I left it. I just just want Jake Hassan to do it. I can't wait for the pick the Reds. They're over. Everything about it. (laughs) Yes, that is coming up. It's going to be a great day in baseball. And, It's going to be a fun discussion on the other side as we talk NFL MVP. Where is the value? Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP. We don't even know where he's going to play or if he's going to play in 2021. We'll discuss the NFL MVP odds next on BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network.